Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jesse Schechinger. Jesse, are you ready to do this? Oh, I am ready, and you're one of the few people that pronounced my name correctly, so here we go. Nice, 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 <laughs> nice. Off off, off to a good start. Well, Jesse, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so um, for all intents and purposes, I'm kind of a career sales guy, right, or a professional peddler uh, my entire <laughs> life growing up. Everything from, you know, selling some uh, used golf balls by the golf course or experienced golf balls, as we call them, uh, to, you know, just always like that commission structure. I always liked to having to listen to people and knew if I just sold things that I would be okay. So I ended up going um, just various different sales careers, um, going from the cold calling type stuff to the territory type stuff to um, managing people. And then eventually it led me to a place where, um, I got big into software and especially into, um, you know, sales software. And there's so many annoying things about CRMs and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, just software in general from a sales guy's perspective that you get. Um, but, uh, you know, I was able to partner with this group called OnCourse, um, really great team. And so I worked with them and, you know, our kind of mission today is getting up every morning, trying to find a ways to get salespeople to engage with uh, software that can help businesses grow. And, you know, for entrepreneurs, people of that nature who want to start a business, sales is a big concern of any business owner on a day-to-day basis. And so helping them, you know, via technology uh, accomplish their goals. Nice. I certainly appreciate that. Yes, there are so many different things that we are all juggling if we're owning businesses or just just living lives and trying to 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 balance work and family and and all that stuff. But sales is, from my perspective, a through line um, across all those different things. So no matter what you're doing, you are a salesperson in one capacity or or another. So <laughs> that's absolutely right. You know, it's like you kind of have. Uh a certain level, everybody's a customer. My wife's a customer, my kids are customers, mm-hmm. my boss a customer, <laughs> you know, my real customers are. You're kind of catering to everybody at certain times in your life, no doubt about it. Yeah. That's funny. I never thought about it like that, that, that your spouse can be a customer, your kids are customers, but, you know. <laughs> oh, and, and a very important one. <laughs> yeah, right. Those are those are your VIP customers right there for sure. <laughs> nice. You do not want to get fired by your, your spouse and children, so... So, so you've yeah, been it's not going to be great, right? Term. Yeah, suboptimal for sure. Um, so, I know that, that you've been in environments like like you just mentioned, where you were just pounding the phones, making hundreds of calls a day. You've been in environments where you're traveling 300 days out of the year, and now you're you're utilizing and leveraging uh, all all the good things that technology has to uh, has to offer. But what what do you think makes a good salesperson? You know, there's a lot of people that sometimes want to talk about sales talent, 
Um, it's like, oh, that guy would be a great salesperson. I've actually been doing it long enough to realize that I don't really think that talent matters all that much. I mean, you probably should be able to hold a conversation with somebody, but you know, collectively in any sales position, 75% of the job is showing up and doing the work and you don't have to be a smooth talker or, you know, read a bunch of spin selling and different uh, books in order to get the goal accomplished. If you're willing to put in the work, um, you're good. And so I would say, you know, persistence um, is a key quality that you need uh, to be successful. And then quite frankly, overall responsibility. And that responsibility, I mean that I mean following up. I mean, there's so many interactions that I have with people because we all live in a world, George, and you have people, George, I'm sure, are trying to sell stuff to you all the time, right? And the, you know, you sometimes get these sales people like, well, I was kind of interested in that, but that guy never followed up. Like, I don't know what happened after Mm -hmm. our call, but I'm not going to chase him down to give him my money, right? So, um, yeah, I would say that just kind of just being responsible in your actions as a business professional and make sure you're doing the follow-up. And then you need a certain amount of persistence where, yeah, we always, I think my first sales manager basically said, like, you're not selling until you hear the first no. Up until that, you're just order taking, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you got to be able to push through the no and make sure that you are actually changing people's minds and not just, um, you know, or changing people's perceptions of what you can do for them. Uh, not just kind of giving up at the first uh, first part of uh, any kind of challenge. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I've had the experience like like you where you do meet somebody and you're like, wow, that, that guy or that gal, I bet they would be a really good salesperson just because of their God-given gifts. Um, but I think that you're right. I think that the vast majority really does come down to your ability to show up consistently, which is not easy to do, and it's your ability to follow up and, and to, to really follow through on, on systems and stuff like that. And I, I totally agree. I mean, it's hard work for a salesperson to, to, to get an appointment or a meeting with somebody and then to have them just drop the ball and not even follow up is, is always been shocking to me. Yeah, and that's one of the areas where you know a lot of sales professionals and even executives um, are very task oriented. You know, you kind of, you wake up in the morning, you have that list of things that you're going to plow through, you want to get accomplished that day. Um, and so what we've been trying to work with organizations doing is bringing in some technology that keeps people on that track to be able to follow up, you know, that's kind of kind of take you through like, here are the touch points that have been the most successful so if you did just have a meeting with George and you feel like you had a good time, it kind of schedules those follow-up tasks for you. So as long as you just can go through and check the boxes, you're going to make sure that George still feels you, that you still have an interest in his business. Um, and that's a lot of, I think, um, areas where technology can help. And then also not just help seasoned sales reps stay organized, but new sales reps learn some really good habits. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, um, so I guess it's a matter of, of balancing because you, you you mentioned uh, sort of at the top that there are a lot of annoying things about CRMs, and there's a lot of you know I think that sometimes some of these technologies are just overkill, and they're way too robust. So how how do you I mean how do you take the good with the bad and and figure out how to actually make something work? Yeah, and well. 
the first thing you have to do is realize like, okay, what is the biggest problem with all sales software and CRM software? And I say that because some stuff is CRM, which is for your audience sake is customer relationship management. And then you have other things like engagement platforms, which have some of these. So a CRM would have things like opportunity management, task management, um, yeah, you're a database of all your contacts, things like that. And then you move into like a sales engagement tool, which um, brings in things like, you know, the ability to send out bulk email and calling and SMS and these type of things. And so you really have to get to the center of the problem first, which is what is the worst part of CRM? And that is that most salespeople don't think there's anything in it for them. Like, okay, well, great. Management wants to watch everything that I'm doing. Mm. How does this benefit me? And it's really hard to get people to engage with the system that feels like not only is it um, not helping you sell more, but you might even feel a little bit um, slighted because you're like, okay, well, no, here's everything I know about all these accounts. Um, you know, and there's the, some guys out there that get worried. You know, they have the relationships and that's how they think they're valuable to their companies. So they get worried about sharing that information. So the first step is, getting past that point and presenting a solution that says like, okay, as an individual rep, even if you were not being forced to use a CRM, here's a couple of solutions that we can offer you that'll just help you on your day to day. Um, a good example of that, George, is LinkedIn automation right now. So we're in a, uh, LinkedIn sales and outreach is becoming more and more prominent as a sales channel and being able to make sure you stay on top of all that information is really hard. But as an individual contributor, if I could automatically be sending out a bunch of emails and I could automatically be reach, reach out to a bunch of people on LinkedIn and I literally don't have to do a thing. No, you're talking. No, like, okay. Well, listen, I'm reaching out to a hundred people a day on LinkedIn and 150 via email and I didn't have to do anything except for set it up once and my entire month of outreach is done. Like, okay, now you're making my job easier and now you're creating some of that, um, you know, value that will actually lead the money in my pocket, which is what we try to do is like, Hey, this is how the tool is going to end up making you money because most salespeople that I know, especially the good ones are all coin operated. There's not, I mean, they could pretend to have a passion for your product, but they're really interested to say like, Hey, how can, you know, how can we sell this thing? How can we generate some revenue off it? So, um, I do think that, um, if you get past that one, that's probably the biggest hurdle. And once you can get past the engagement piece, the rest all seems to fall in line. Nice. Appreciate that. When I'm sorry, you, when, when you say somebody's coin operated, does that, 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 that means that they're money motivated? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> what a great term. I've never heard it before. <laughs> yes. Yep. If you want to output out of me, you got to put some coins in. That's, <laughs> That's right. how that works. <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny right there. Okay. This, I, I, I certainly see value. Uh, I, I, I certainly see value in, in being able to help somebody get their arms around a tool like LinkedIn just because, I mean, I'm thinking about just my LinkedIn and... um. You know that 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 being said, I, I guess my my next question is sort of sort of along the same lines as is email still a good thing? And we're talking about sending uh, like in mails or just or messages to our to our um, LinkedIn connections, right? And so, 
are those still an effective thing? Is email and reaching out that way still good? Yeah. So, um, let me, I'm going to divide your question in a couple of sections here. So the first one about just like, let's call it generalized email and then we'll get into the LinkedIn thing and the methodologies around how to be successful there. So general email, every single day, I have somebody that tells me email doesn't work. You know, people just delete them. You can't get through to the inbox. You can't do blah, 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 blah. And then I just reply to them back, what is the return on investment? Like, it is the cheapest thing to do on earth mm-hmm. is to market via email. So to not do it, and even if you do have crappy messaging, a sent out crappy message is better than no message at all. At least somebody is knowing that you have a service or a product today that didn't know yesterday. And so to not have an email strategy is um, a silly goose thing to do. You need to have it because it will produce revenue and it's a very low barrier to go in. Now, LinkedIn is a different animal because in email, traditional email, um, for all intents and purposes, there's a lot of guys out there with just like bazookas and machine guns in the sense that like they could just blast out so many emails to thousands and thousands of people. Um, and you kind of know when you got a templated email and it's got to be really compelling for you to care. Um, in LinkedIn, it's an interesting thing because um, LinkedIn and its conception was not really built as a tool for people to sell products to each other, much more for networking, a lot of kind of job searching, finding talent, connecting, things like that. Um, and we've kind of evolved um, into being able to use it as a sales tool. Now, let me tell you the number one way to not be effective as a salesperson on LinkedIn, and that is to go just randomly bring up a list in Sales Navigator, um, which for those of your listeners, there is a tool inside LinkedIn called Sales Navigator that lets you create lists of people in specific industries, roles and companies, things like that. And so if you brought up one of those lists, you can really hammer down and just fly connection and then you can have your same little templated email. And I love this one because so many people are worried about my business. Um, they say, like, <laughs> hey, I saw that you're on. I'm like, very interested in what you do. Um, can we talk about it? And I was like, I kind of don't think you are interested because you didn't even look at my profile before you sent it. Right. Um, and you're a competitor of mine. Mm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, number one, it, and quite frankly, when you send the connection with the message, that's nothing that a friend would do. Mm. That's nothing that a person who is trying to bring a relationship would do. They wouldn't send you a letter with it. They would ask for a connection. And then maybe if you connected, then we could start talking. Sure. Um, but I always like to think of it, and I've said this on podcasts before, I like, I like to think of it as when it comes to LinkedIn, think what you would do at a cocktail party. Like you wouldn't just come up to somebody cold and say, like, I'm really interested in your business. Let's talk about it. Right. You know, you'd be like, oh, hey, realize you both know Steve. Do you really know Steve? Or, you know, what have you and Steve done? Like you, I, you really need to be a lot more genuine. And the other thing, and so here's the template, and this is actually a really um, practical use thing for your listeners. Here is the, the secret sauce, so to speak. So you want to go to somebody that you'd like to start a relationship. You want to connect with that person. But before you connect to that person, you want to view that person's profile. You know, George, you know on LinkedIn, you can kind of see who looks at you, that sort of thing. Yep. Like I'm not interested in talking to anybody that hasn't at least seen like what I'm about. 
Um, because like, how would they even come close to me? Like, they get happy if they didn't even take a second to read what I'm doing. Um, so I think step one, you got to view somebody's profile and take a look at it. Then you send a connection request. After you send that connection request, um, if they do connect, I would say, you know, a simple thank you for connecting um, will do. And then I also think that you need to give something before you ask for something. Um, and that can be anything, you know, for example, in my business, um, we have a topo report. It's a third party uh, report that is published every year where they evaluate sales outreach efforts from, you know, 300, 400 companies. And if somebody is in a um, sales leadership role, it's generally really interesting information to know on how many touches it's taking to close over a general basis, how many different communication channels people are looking. So I would say, hey, it looks like you're a sales leader. Thought you might be interested in this. And so I give at least something. And then I can, that allows me the ability to follow up and see what they thought about it. And as you can kind of see, you're getting a little bit more of a real dialogue um, before just throwing up your value prop in their face and seeing if it sticks. Yeah, for sure. I like that. And then, and then if they haven't connected, by the way, the trick that we use is we also go in and we like something they posted. You know, because it's like, all right, well, this guy's read my profile, and he liked that my little geeks for good thing I'm doing, and he took the time to give me something like, well, maybe I can give this guy five minutes. Nice. I like it. Well, Jesse, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Oh, so the number one difference-making tip that I've used throughout my entire year, and it came from that great book, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and it was, if something takes less than two minutes, do it right away. Because you will free up so much time and burn so many less calories thinking about stuff if you can actually be that urgent and just do something as soon as, um, if it's less than two minutes, bang it out, get it out of your head, get it out of your agenda so you can burn calories on more important things. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you, and how can they engage with uh, you and your platform? Yeah, so first and foremost, George, I love – I'm never on Twitter, but I was able to get the name The Real Jesse at Twitter. So I just like nice. saying it on podcasts. So I don't know if your listeners will see any value there, but I really like saying it. Um, <laughs> and then also – please, please go to tryoncourse.com. Uh, we have a sales engagement platform. We'd love to demo. And if you're an entrepreneur, small business, we have a great lightweight product that can help take you, your business to from spreadsheets or maybe you're using a more simplified CRM for a very reasonable cost um, and get you to a place where you can use a lot more technology and automation. Um, and then lastly, I have a lazy sales podcast. If anyone wants to go that you can find on uh, Apple Podcasts. Love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jesse your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Jesse on Twitter. Go to tryoncourse.com. Check out the sales engagement platform. And then what was the name of the podcast again? Uh, Lazy Sales. Lazy Sales Podcast. I love it. Well, thanks, thanks again, Jesse. I appreciate it, George. Thank you so much for your time. And until next time. Keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? 
any or all of these are familiar, Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.